Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Views from the 215. Again, this is the Anti-Violence Partnership of Philadelphia. We're at 2000 Hamilton Street, Suite 204, Philadelphia, PA, 19130. Our phone number is 215-567-6776. You can reach us online at avpphila.org. I am your host, Kareem Brown, and with me to my left is my co-host, Michael Rahman, VIP coordinator. And we have a very special guest today. I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, thank you for having me. My name is uh, David Erzari. I'm Deputy Director of Philadelphia's Office of Violence Prevention. Okay, nice to have you today. So for let's just get right into it. For anybody who does not know, what is the Philadelphia's Office of Violence Prevention? Excuse sure. Me. I think, I think we're, we're a very new office. Uh, last year, under the Kennedy administration, um, he had created his office around July 2017. Uh, we, we were re reviewing some of the funding, and we pretty much uh, saw that Philadelphia was spending X amount of dollars on uh, violence prevention in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and obviously last year, we finished with 317 homicides. Um, you know, the numbers weren't trending in, in the way that we expected them to, so this office was created. Uh, Shonda Ravel who uh, formerly overseen uh, Philadelphia's Youth Farms uh, Reduction Partnership as executive director here. And uh, we've pretty much been around for a year. Uh, we're you know, in the process of reviewing all the programs throughout the city that are city funded, that some way, shape or form uh, are incorporated with reducing violence or uh, touching that demographic of, of, of young individuals who potentially could uh, be harmed or harm somebody else. Um, so we've been around and you know, fairly new office, and you know we're happy to be here. And we're just trying to um, pretty much reduce you know some of the violence that's going on here in the city. Okay, so you said this is a a, a new um, initiative that sure. was ushered in once uh, Mayor Kenny got elected. Sure. Was this a um, a promise or something that had been on the books, or this was just a brand new creation? Um, it's actually I think one of the only offices. Uh, it's actually the first office like this in the history of Philadelphia's administration. Mm. Uh, in terms of why it was created and who was behind it, uh, I don't have you know right. all the background on that, but I, I just do know that you know when Mayor Kenny came aboard um, and his assessment of what's going on in the city, he felt like this office was needed, and it was created um, you know within months of him being uh, mayor here in the city of Philadelphia. Okay. So I had a quick question. I think you mentioned earlier about um, funding in terms of, you know, evaluating different partnerships or different programs throughout the city. Um, how was this office evaluating, you know, what's effective um, in terms of violence prevention, you know, on a programmatic level? Sure. So we, have, we, we do have our own assessment tool. We have employees, about uh, four to five employees that, you know, have a background in program assessment. And as of now, you know, we're pretty much trying to baseline of, of uh, what everything is, how it works, how it runs. Um, and, and at that point, I think a misconception is, you know, we're actually, we're considered the mayor's, you know, the mayor's office of violence prevention, but we're running out of the manual director's office, meaning, you know, we control all the money. And at that point, a misconception I think people have is we're here just to take the money. I mean, that process, number one, um, isn't realistic. Uh, we pretty much have to get a baseline where everybody's at, you know, what the program is, you know, how it relates to violence prevention at that point. Um, once we review it, you know, can we build it up so the programs are effective? 
maybe on a small level, can they be scaled up? Um, those that aren't, you know, what are the what are what are the weaknesses or what are the areas that they need to improve? You know, I think it's our job to point that out. You know, kind of direct them and guide them, and at that point, um, you know, maybe in a fiscal year or two, if, if they're not running the way that we would hope, and unfortunately, you know, right. removing funding is always and always an option, but that's not you know what we're here to do. We're here to you know correct what uh, needs improvement and kind of celebrate you know things that need to be built up. Right. Yeah. Right. So what what brought you into this work? Um, did you did you always was you always involved with uh, I guess violence prevention or things with the youth or the community? Yeah. Well, from a personal from a personal uh, standpoint, you know, I just feel like this was my call. This is you know, I've always just enjoyed. And it sounds cliche, but you know, I took pride in helping people. I mm-hmm. think you know that. You know, even and it was kind of weird. That even I've been like an athlete my whole life. Even in college, I kind of looked forward more so to be a coach. You know, getting kids out of high school, getting to college, than than playing myself. So it was always a passion of mine. Um, I, me personally, I started in probation. At that point, I you know, I left early just because you know I felt like I was hurting more than I was helping. I didn't I, I didn't join uh, any law enforcement agency to be you know, arresting. Anybody, particularly any, mm-hmm. you know, men of, of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I kind of moved over to the social services side, and um, you know, my first job here for the city was with the Youth Violence Reduction Partnership, and I was kind of a, a compliance guy, just making sure um, contractually people are doing what they're supposed to do, uh, community based. So I mean, in short, man, this is this is what I love. You know, I, I just feel like in, in any field, as long as I'm helping people, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So where where are you from? I'm originally I'm originally from uh, North Jersey, okay. Patterson. A lot of people don't know too much about Patterson, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah. East Side High. For okay. Some of the older people, some of the younger kids, Fetty Wap. If you know who Fetty Wap is, it's that area. Um, but I, I moved um, to Pennsylvania as, as, a, as a real young kid. I bounced around. Um, I was in Chester. Uh, my mom actually still lives in Chester, uh, right. 24th Madison. So you know anybody who's from Chester knows anything about that that neighborhood, right. and. Um, Grandparents live in Allentown. Uh, spent went to high school. Spent a lot of time in Allentown. I've been in Philadelphia. I've graduated Chain University. Okay. And uh, I've been in Philadelphia since uh, two thousand and seven. Gotcha, gotcha. That's why to say the only East Side High I know is from Mister <laughs> Clark. Mister Clark, Clark, right? That's it. Right. That's a classic. But um, so what kind of uh programs do you guys have so far? What's your new initiatives? So directly re- directly related to to gun violence. Number one, we have the Youth Violence Reduction Partnership. I think that's one of Philadelphia's best kept secrets. Uh, okay. It's been around. It's actually been around since nineteen ninety nine. Mm. Um, it hasn't been as big. You know, it started in the twenty second district, which is North Philly. Mm-hmm. And what that does is, um, you know, these are. We target young people between the ages of 14 to 25. Um, they have to be actively on probation. Okay. So there, there, there are a lot of ramifications with it, which is why it is a program that touches everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a small demographic based, based off the notion that 1% of, of, of the population drives the, you know, a large percent of the crime. So uh, Philadelphia's probation office, both are juvenile and adult, they have a risk assessment system. So they run... And it's computer based. They run individuals through a system um, and pretty much deem them high risk. And when you say high risk, they're high risk to either harm themselves or harm somebody else. Some of some of some of some of uh, I guess the key factors to look at is number one, the charges that they've been charged with. You know, obviously you've been you know if you've been arrested for a gun or et cetera, that 
raises your risk. Um, the area that you live in. Um, so we right now we're only in five, five areas of the city. Mm-hmm. You have the 12th district, which is Southwest Philadelphia. You have the 19th, which is West Philadelphia. You have the 39th, which is North Philly. You have the 22nd, which is North Philly. And we have the 24th and 25th, which is the East. That's like, you know, the Kensington area. Mm-hmm. Everything that goes out there. Right. So you have to live in that area, number one. You have to be on probation. You have to have, you have to be charged with a certain charge. Um, you have to, you have to fall within the age range. And you also, um, there's, there's some things like association. So if you, if you're a notorious family in, in a certain part of the area, mm-hmm. um, even if you got picked up for shoplifting, you know, we know you, know, you can be considered a high risk. So uh, we, we have those individuals, and the methodology behind the program is intensive support plus uh, intensive surveillance will be a reduction of, mm-hmm. of violence. So these young people, um, they're obviously paired with a PO. Mm-hmm. You know, your average probation officer, these guys, especially in adult probation, they have huge caseloads, mm-hmm. 200, 150, so they don't get a lot of time out in the field. Mm-hmm. The more so uh, office space, you come here, meet what you see again next month. So our probation officers, they have short caseloads. Um, most you ever have is 30. Rarely do we have 30, you know, anywhere between you know, 15 to 20 something. And um, they're actually out there in the community. So we visit you at home, uh, and it's twofold. Um, number one, you know, if you're out there doing something you're not supposed to do, we kind of obviously want to intervene. But two, uh, we kind of want to paint a different picture of law enforcement. We're not just here to arrest you. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, our officers come to the home. They talk to the mother. Is there anything you need? Is there anything, any way we can service you? Not only your child, but any way we can service you. Um, and uh, they partner with the police as well. They go out in the area. A lot of information sharing going on. And that's just one ad- That's a law enforcement aspect. But Philadelphia's anti-drug, anti-violence network, they're our community partner. And every one of these individuals are compared are, are paired with what we call a street worker. And a street worker is a is a hybrid position for us. You're a case manager, you're a big brother, big sister, you're a confidant. You know, these are people who are from the area, indigenous to the areas. Um, so you know, our North Philly team, our North Philly street workers are from North Philly, and at some point in their life, they they, they probably were you know where these young people are, mm-hmm. um, and they provide social services aspect, a lot of advocacy. So they drop off. They drop off job applications. Uh, we, we have a job readiness program and we put 100 youth through, through a year and that's funded through DHS. Mm. Um, just just a series of things and, and you know, very minute things. You, you know, in terms of a lot of our young people can get jobs, but, you know, they're not to a point where they have the ability to sustain. Right. Um, you know, our street workers will go to the house and wake you out of bed, mm-hmm. drive, to this, drive to this interview, wait for you. You know, you know those intangibles. Yeah, exactly. So you know, those are some great things we we have been doing. It, it isn't a program that has been um, highlighted just in terms of uh, we kind of it doesn't they didn't always have a political backing. Gotcha. You know? um, but you know, it's a program that's been effective, I think, for us. And you know, uh, that's that's one of our biggest programs here. We just <clears throat> laid out as of uh, July, we laid out our crisis intervention um, program. Community crisis intervention, in which um, also use a credible messenger, meaning you know these are people from the area who uh, you know born and raised. You know, so we have a South Philly team, we have a Southwest team, we have a Northwest team, which is that Germantown, that Albany area too. So we have teams of, of three individuals. Um, they're pretty much tasked number one, uh, to service the community. So YVRP separates YVRP because you have a caseload. And these are people who are on probation, young people who are on probation, we're servicing them. Um, these teams are, are pretty much tasked to service the entire community, um, and, and you name it. I mean, 
goal. Number one, you know, we're trying to reduce violence. So these are people who, number one, already, when, when we identify these individuals and interview them, these are people who already had credibility within the community. Right. For whatever reason, they had, at some point in their life, you know, they had a lot of credibility in the community. They go out. Um, number one, you know, we're, we're trying to intervene a lot of gun violence. So, and number one, when we looked at, when we looked at uh, when violence was happening, mm-hmm. you, you know, that Thursday through Sunday, um, 6 p.m. to 4 in the morning. You know, that's when a lot of shootings so were happening. So where do you all get your numbers from? Oh, we have police data. We have, okay. we have the police data. Um, our office receives, I personally receive every act of violence that happens, you know, from the police, uh, right. from their white papers. They have an RSAN system. So as soon as the report's processed, it comes to our office as well as the police receive. So just, just we were just trying to find, we were just trying to identify some of the gray areas. You know, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of these agencies don't work after hours. Right. Mm-hmm. You might get a 311, but you don't have one about there. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are out there from 6 p.m. to 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. Thursday through Sunday night, every single night. Um, and they're tasked to do a very, you know, number one, you have to build relations with these communities. Mm-hmm. So we want an entity where, where somebody can go in the corner and say, what do you need? What do you need off this corner? Mm-hmm. You know, if they're out there and they see a conflict about to happen, you know, they're trained to intervene. And they're not cops. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? They're not out there arresting anybody. But, you know, if a dude's stressed out and says, you know, the next guy I see, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to harm him mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know, we have teams out there to pretty much say, well, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Does your child need pampers? We can go get that for you. How, how many workers do y'all have on at, that program? Right, so we have, it's a pilot program. We just okay. started. Okay. Um, we actually, you know, we actually just received some funding to expand it at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't have a date. But we have three teams, and there are three teams of three as of now. Okay. Uh, we, we, they have vehicles funded by us. Um, and this is ran through Philadelphia's Anti-Drug and Violence Network. Mm-hmm. Mr. George Mosey, he's a DA for mm-hmm. the past 20 years, retired, I think, last December. He mm-hmm. now runs the agency. And... Um, and we only have three teams of three now. Um, they have their administrative staff, so there's a coordinator, mm-hmm. there's an assistant coordinator, and uh, Mr. Mosey, you know, so they have their own strategy, which gotcha. our office, what we do is as soon as a shooting comes in, mm-hmm. we send it out to Pan. Our team is out there. Uh, number one, they're, they're talking to community, excuse me, they're talking to community members, and it's not, hey, what happened? You have information for us. It's right. like, you know, you know, is everybody okay? Is, 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 was there a young a young child who witnessed this that needs some <coughs> services now? Um, you know, here are the resources, and not just the resources. You know, this is the follow up plan. So right. you know, we're not just coming to drop resources off. We'll be back the next day or maybe the next you know the next couple weeks, just following up, saying, okay, did you call these numbers? What did, what was the response mm-hmm. that you got? Okay, that didn't work. Well, here's some here's another route you can take. You know, and as of now. Um, but a big part of that, a big part of that, number one, is having relationships. So we hire people who sort of already have relationships, but also, mm-hmm. you know, we're tasking guys right now to be out there, to be visual, you know, to, to, to you know, the positive, you know, the, the positive support piece, be out there, drop resources off. You know, we had um, a shooting in Southwest Philadelphia, and, you know, we, we're out there immediately going door to door. Here's a pamphlet. This is who we are. You know, if you need us, this is the number you call. So, um. That's you know that, that right now those are two main uh, main initiatives that we're kind of um, laying out and, and we're hoping to expand the crisis intervention piece um, sometime mid year and uh, you know that's pretty much you know, okay. what we're doing as of now. Do you feel that the um, service work that you just mentioned? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like is moving uh, from a more punitive 
prevention side of things to a more holistic approach. I think um, in your statement, you mentioned that um, it's not about just, you know, gathering information, but just being able to, you said about the brother on the corner, well, like, what are your needs? Sure. You know, like we address, I think, like, you know, from the media, sure. um, you get this idea that gun violence happens and, it, you know, it looks a certain way. Yeah, right. Whereas when you said you had a conversation with somebody, right. you know, um, and you talked about you know, what are your immediate needs? Next person I see, right. you know, I'm going to harm this person or do something yeah. bad to them. Right. But, you know, I, I like the fact that you mentioned that, you know, it's taking a shift in sure. terms of your thinking about, you know, addressing certain needs and how to address those needs. Sure. Do you feel like more... Um, I know you do work outside of the city, um, sure. collaborative work. Do you feel like more of the criminal justice outreach and programming is moving towards a holistic direction in terms of crime prevention? Or how do you see that, you know, in the next couple of years? Sure. I mean, I, I can't speak on, on the entire criminal justice system, but what I'm saying, one thing that our office has recognized is that it has to be a holistic approach. Right. Philadelphia is a very unique city in terms of, you know, when I moved out here, you can be one part of the city and go to an entire different, and feel like you're in two different cities. Mm -hmm. there, there, there isn't one approach to this thing. We mm -hmm. understand it has to be a, mi a mixed method approach. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what, what, what we do know is, you know, everybody out there who's doing anything that's perceived as crime or whatever, it, it, you know, that's not what they woke up and intended to do. Nobody woke up and said, you know, this is the life I want, or this is so. Mm -hmm. I, I think just, you know, the people who are in that midpoint who, you know, could go left, could go right. Mm -hmm. I, I think with these programs, we can we can definitely, um, you know, help to mm -hmm. an extent. Um, and that's all we're here to do. And so we're here to, you know, what's going on. We recognize what's going on out there. We come from what's going on out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you know, this office is ninety percent, you know, African American in terms mm -hmm. of, and not that, you know, that that's, right. you know, but we understand the culture. We know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and we know some of those gray areas in which, you know, it has to be a holistic approach. We know you can't just offer a young person all these programs and he goes back home into right. a situation that, you know, makes him revert back to deprogram. We know you program, mm -hmm. deprogram, and then right. so we, we also know that we have to service these mothers. We have to service the grandmothers, who you know, whoever there. Um, and, and that, that's our approach, you know, and that's our strategy. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the, the problems we face. We go into a lot of schools, sure. and, you know, we deal with the kids during school time. Yep. But then after they leave for the little bit of time we deal with them, they got to go back to a whole environment yeah. uh, that's different. I, I know in the um, some of the success that they had in uh, the Promise Academy, the Promise Zone in New York, yeah. um, was they took that holistic approach by the, the business sector getting involved, the different community sector, even uh, the medical field, like every they created a kind of like an isolation of a, a change of culture yeah. around the kids, and they and they had a lot of success with that. So I think that's um like that's very important for me. Like we said, uh, just you know dealing with the work in the schools and being able to create programming that's community based and does you know the office work sure. um, as a whole because again you know they're going back into these environments essentially that they can't fix sure. on their own sure. mm -hmm. and um just being able to have you know a lot of times we know personally you know a lot of agencies operate in silos yeah. and you know <laughs> you know how that goes so you know just hoping that you know we have a baseline understanding that hey this can't be effective if we work this way exactly and i, and I think one thing this office has been tasked to do 
is there, one that we recognize there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the silos, and that's what happens. Everybody's working individually, and a lot of people are jockeying for the funding. You know, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're going to get the, we, we're going we're so we're going to put the funding in a, in a central place, and we we all understand this has to be a coordinated approach. Right. So our job is on. I told I told young people. Um, you know, we're like we're like we're like the DJ Khaled. What does DJ Khaled do? He puts awesome people in the same room, right. and they have a coordinated approach toward a project. And it comes out. Hey, does he have any real talent? That's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this. Right. But you know, you know what I'm saying. He, right. he he has a vision. He puts everybody in the same room, right. and, and and that's one thing that we're trying to do. Right. You know, we're trying to kind of take the competition out of it because mm-hmm. you know. There's real people out there who are being affected every single day. It's mm-hmm. real. I mean, every day I open my email, and there's uh, you know, there's real young people dying every single day. Mm-hmm. So for me, seeing that, you know, I, I'm I'm not really a fan of, of, of you know, the back and forth in terms of you right. know who's ego, who's you know. Mm-hmm. I, I come humbly. If right. you need help, you know, this is what you're good at. You know, this is what you're good at. Mm-hmm. You know, here's our plan to have a coordinated approach toward this. And you know, our office is, is uh, you know, we deal with the money, so there's we track the data, making sure you right. know we have some measurable outcomes. But for the most part, you know, we, we also um, are well aware of some of the things you can't measure. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah speaking on that, um, I know your office also is uh, spearheading a faith-based initiative. Sure. Like you said, Philly is a very diverse and different sure. city. Sure. You can go to different parts of the city from a religious or spiritual standpoint sure. and find so many different. Types. Sure. So, what is what is uh, the faith-based initiative? Sure. About? So, in September 2017, uh, we hosted a conference that had some faith-based leaders throughout the city of Philadelphia, and we had um, Reverend Jeffrey Brown from the city of Boston, um, who was influential out there, reducing some some of um, the crime that was going on, as well as Chief Melvin Russell from the city of Baltimore. Um, they just talked about. Um, you know some of the ways they incorporated faith-based community, their strategy to to have a reduction in some targeted areas. Um, we we you know Chandel and I we talk to cities uh, throughout the nation mm-hmm. who, who have incorporated faith-based community, and you know we just kind of sat back and said we have to incorporate it here. Mm-hmm. We don't know how we're going to do it, mm-hmm. um, but we have to incorporate it because you know hope and faith. Another thing you can't measure, but a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no matter who you pray to, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember we, I, we talked to Stockton, California, and who has a, a very large uh, Mexican population out there. Some some of the stuff that's going on there, we talked about. And one thing he had said to me that kind of rung a bell. You know, he said, um, "You know, we got some hardcore guys out here, but if you look at them, they got crosses tattooed on mm-hmm. them, they wear rosaries, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, excuse my language, they still they still fear the hellfire." Mm-hmm. You know. No matter what they're doing to survive mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, they, they, they still want to go, you know, right. to, or, you know, have aspirations going to a, you know, another right. level. Right, right. right. Um, and we thought, you know, no one in the city felt that we know some, some, you know, some individuals out there feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we're working out the faith-based piece, but we're, you know, we're, collect, you know, we're putting together a group of faith-based leaders. We're trying to have um, subcommittees in each different parts of these cities in terms of, you know, some of those violent areas. And just kind of being out there. Right now, what's happening throughout the summer, you've seen there's been peace walks throughout the entire summer. Each police district has been tasked to have a peace walk. We don't want you to be out there when, when, when something bad happens. Mm-hmm. We want to be out there proactively um, going out there. A lot of these um, different faith-based communities and different faith-based organizations, whether it be a mosque or a church or whatever, they already have out- outreach 
Um, we're just trying to have a coordinated effort. When mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know, you're already doing this, coordinated effort, you know, being out there, giving community some resources, uh, providing spiritual guidance, praying with them. We can pray on corners, you know. Um, so it, it's in the mix, you know. It's, it's in the mix. If anybody out there is interested, you know, you can contact our office. <laughs> yeah. How can you, I guess, can you give us some information if they is interested? What? How can they go about doing this? Sure. Our, our office number, um, you can call is uh, 215-686-0789. At that point, any inquiries you have, um, you know, you can just, from that point, you know, our receptions or, or, or uh, Ms. Kirsten Hill should be able to handle directly to me or Shondell. Um, and, you know, we're ready to work. We're, we're open. We're open to all suggestions. Another thing I want to highlight that we're in the making of is um, a community grants piece. We met with a lot of people in the community, uh, Shondell and myself, and a lot, like I said, a lot of good people are doing good work. And a lot of times, when there's a pot of money that's available to people, um, it gets it, it gets gobbled up by these organizations that have been around forever. And mm -hmm. you know, we recognize there's a lot of people, and we like to call them mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. A lot of people on a small level doing great things, and um, you know, we kind of want to highlight that. And we're giving, you know, if you know, if you're a person running a something at the rec center and you know you just need supplies or you need whatever you know i think that grant from from anywhere from a hundred to five thousand dollars we're going to be giving out to a lot of these small community-based um you know we talked to an individual um who was mentoring out of a barbershop mm -hmm. you know had on a consistent basis 10 to 15 young people there uh, he's talking to them about doing the right thing i'm talking about about how to run a barbershop, you know, some of those mm -hmm. little things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had a captured crowd, and, and it's, you know, to some way, shape, or form, you know, whether it, those two hours a day, right. you, know, had, you know, had had those those young men and women, you know, away from, you know, the reality of their lives. And, you know, these are people that we, we really want to support. You know, mm -hmm. we really want to support the small guy. Um, we call them, you know, we're calling them community partners because as well as, um, you know, when there's a, something in the community going on, we want to be on calling them and say, okay, you guys are on the street doing this, you know, what's the strategy moving forward, you know, what's our outreach plan to try to help this community? And I think what's important about the last statement, and I don't want that to be missed, is that the opportunities for mentorship without the program being centered on crime. Sure. Um, just like you said, you mentioned a brother who has a mentoring program about just how to, you know, entrepreneurship. And that goes a long way in terms of exposure, in terms of, you know, prevention methods, you know, about like, oh, we having a different conversation about how not to stay in, you know, how to stay out of trouble. And, you know, I get my hair cut every two weeks, you know, I can actually see. And I think that's something very tangible for our youth, especially our young boys um, in particular. And just getting the center, I guess, programming away from being centered around violence, sure. but understanding the need for those things to be funded. Right. And that's critically important. For sure. And, and you don't have, and I want to highlight for anybody who's interested in moving forward, you don't have to be a licensed nonprofit for that. You mm -hmm. know, we, we do have paperwork that associated with that. We have members here at the office that can walk you through that. But mm -hmm. I don't want you to think that, you know, you have to be uh, you know, legal, uh, a, a legal organization mm -hmm. to receive this money. We're really, we're supporting a lot of people on the ground doing great things. If you have any ideas about programs you wanted to do but, you know, didn't have the funding, this is, you know, something you come down to office and talk to us about. Um, 
but the funding isn't in our account yet, so I, I don't want anyone prematurely coming here. Let's be honest. What about yeah, exactly? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I want to be clear on that. But I'm right. saying this is an initiative that uh, we have. We have set in stone, and you know, we talk to city council about, and uh, for you know, we foresee it going forward uh, for sure. Right, and it is interesting you say that because I know it's a barbershop on Cecil B. Moore called Elements of Grooming at 1632 Cecil B. Moore, yeah. and he actually had a, a large program where over the summer he taught the kids uh, how to cut, sure, how to cut, how to run a shop, sure. fed them every day, sure, um, but he couldn't do it the second summer because right. yeah, it was right. the, the the cost because he you know he know the moms right. a lot of single moms stuff they had the money to, you know. So he wasn't really charging, right? And um, you know, but that was a good initiative. You know yeah, what I mean, I mean and, and we do. recognize a lot of people are doing these great things out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. So if we can relieve that in any way, you know, something positive and something right. that the community actually respects and, and, right. and you know needs, yeah. we're all for it. So uh, as we uh, get ready to close out, um, any final thoughts? I'm just thinking just like to the last statement about, you know, removing those financial obstacles. Imagine if he could grow that beyond, mm -hmm. you know, just providing that, you know, that service in the summer and sure. be able to partner. But, sure. you know, the good that he's able to do is kind of stunt, stunted because of, you know, a financial barrier. So, sure. you know, um, I applaud your office for um, actually seeing that as a need mm -hmm. and, you know, getting not getting away from, but including other people right. who are doing good work. Um, in the conversation. Sure. I, I, I thank you guys for coming here. Oh, man, appreciate it. On schedule. Um, one, one thing I, I really want, you know, people in the community of Philadelphia to know is, you know, we, we um, on behalf of this office, we truly understand what's going on, we truly care, and, you know, you have, you have some good, you have some individuals here who are truly devoting themselves to trying to um, bring peace back to these communities. Mm -hmm. um, so, so let me so, ask you this uh, last question. Sure. So, Speaking on that, something just came to my mind. So if, say if I was in the community, I'm somebody who got to some trouble. Sure. Maybe, you know, I, I'm in some kind of beef with somebody else now. True. I don't want to move forward right. with it. Right. But I still want to protect myself. Right. I'm trying to figure a way out of it. Right. Is it somebody I can contact to maybe try to mediate the situation or do something where I won't be calling the cops yeah, directly? of course. And... and I spoke about our community crisis intervention program. That is what they're tasked to do. Okay. You know, so it, you know, if this individual will call, if he if he's in one, if he's in the area, you know, call our teams. They come out there. Pretty much, if he lays out, you know, the other the block or a person that he's feuding with, you know, we'll go straight from there to the other there. Lay the message saying, okay, you know, this is what's going on. What's what 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 is it going to take to stop? What's right. what's truly going on? You know, what's this? What, what is the conflict over? You know, can we get you guys in the same room? Can we talk it out? Or play? we'll play the middleman. We'll go back and forth until this thing's solved. But, they, you know, that's what they're tasked to do. In terms, you know, obviously, you know, we're trying to provide some positivity to communities, you know, anything they need. But, you know, their first priority is to intervene in situations like, just like you mentioned, you know, something's going on, um, you know. Okay. We, we want to intervene, and we definitely know that um, at times, nationally, the, the relationship is in there between the police and and, and community. I think Philadelphia police have, have done a pretty good job in terms of their relationship. But, um, you know, we want to be that middleman. Mm -hmm. You know, even in terms of there's an issue with um, your, your local law enforcement, mm -hmm. you know, we can create that platform and give people a voice. And, you know, I think right. that's what we're here for. 
Okay. I guess uh, give out your contact information sure, one more sure. time so All people right. can contact the office if they need to. Sure. So I feel, uh, our Office of Violence Prevention, our direct contact is 215-686-0789. You can call us here at the office and any inquiries you have, um, we, can, we can pretty much schedule times to meet. We're constantly meeting people in the community in terms of what they're doing and you know, how the support they need and uh, look forward to hearing from, hearing from everybody. All right, thanks for the conversation. Thanks for your time. And uh, once again, this is Views from the 215. If you, if you want to contact us online, avpfiller.org or our phone number, 215-567-6776. Thank you for listening.